Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. And this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Um, we're glad that you're here to listen. We'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. Morning, Lake Ridge. This morning, we're going to uh, continue our sermon series on treasure. And uh, throughout this series, we've been talking about how God created us, you know, how he gave us this mind, this body, this soul, this spirit, and, and how they're all collectively one, and how they also work together uh, for us to create some peace and sense of identity and who we are. One of the great things about the sermon series is it's demonstrating to us the beauty of kind of how the body works, right? This beautiful um, reality that we as human beings are able to like, to have feelings. We're we're able to learn, we're able to reason, we're able to, to feel, to act. We're even able to heal, right? Science has done some beautiful things at helping to us to even unlock how our brains work, right? Or even the fact that science has revealed to us that, that if I cut my hand, it can demonstrate kind of how the body begins to reconstruct and begins to, to heal, right? But today we're going to tackle something really hard, actually, uh, something that I feel kind of inadequate to tackle, and that is the topic of pain and suffering, honestly, right? It, it, it's really actually not my, my favorite topic, you know, how could it be? However, um, I do believe that it is a really, really important topic for us to talk. But here's the challenging part. We experience pain no matter how good we are or how bad we are, right? In other words, pain isn't just a result of making bad choices. Right? The Bible actually says that the, that the sun shines on the evil and it shines on the good, right? That God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In fact, Jesus says that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. So, so what is it then that we're supposed to do with this inevitable pain that seems to become? Now, this is where I, I feel completely inadequate because anything that I say will, will not be enough to bring comfort to those of us who are experiencing chronic pain, physical chronic pain, or even for those of us who are experiencing maybe some emotional pain or, or, or mental health pains, right? But yet at Lake Ridge, we want to do our best to talk about all things um, that, that life brings whether we have clarity and answers, or whether we just struggle through uh, and do that, do that together. So Henry Nouwen says this, he says, the deepest pain that you and I suffer is often the pain that stays with us throughout our lives. It cannot simply be solved, fixed, or done away with. What then are we told to do with this pain, this, this brokenness? And then he says this, I guess we must turn to it and ask us 
what it is trying to teach us. Okay. Personally, I don't actually really like this quote very much. Um, I, but I have lived long enough uh, to have, got, have grown and to, and to have gone through some painful things in my own life and my story and then to walk with others through their pain and, and suffering. And there is a part of me that believes this to be true. What does it mean for us to, to in a sense, turn, look at our pain, and ask it what it's trying to teach us. Okay, now there's a few things that that um, maybe we might come up with that would be gifts. And I'm just going to list off a few uh, before I move on. It says, it says this, and, and it's kind of a famous uh, chapter, or, or sorry, book in the Bible. Um, and it's the story of Job. And Job's kind of the guy that we go to uh, when we want to talk about pain and suffering in the Bible. And he definitely went through some very, very difficult things. Other places we may go, and the Bible is loaded with stories and examples of people who suffered. The early church obviously suffered. I'm going to read a verse for you from there. And, and, and Jesus himself um, suffered significantly and, and a whole host of other stories. Um, but Job, after experiencing a significant amount of pain and suffering, he says to God, My ears had heard of you, but my eyes have now seen you. In a way, suffering can produce intimacy with God, right? Suffering can equip us to comfort others. Suffering can refine us, right? Help us to understand ourselves. Suffering can produce growth and maturity, right? I think that's true of the church right now, right? Definitely was true of the early church. Definitely. In, in the book of James, right? James says in, in, in chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its, its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking in anything. I got a secret for you. I honestly really, really hate this verse. Right? It's not that I don't think that it's true. I, I actually think I don't like it because it is quite true. At least it has been in my life and my story. And here's my point. Right? Pain and suffering can do many things in us depending on what we're open to. You're that pain and suffering can do many things in us, depending on what we are open to. Right? It can teach us. It can grow us. It can grow an intimacy with God. It can do all of those things, but it also can destroy us. Right? What I do think that pain does, inevitably, regardless, universally, I think that pain causes us to ask ask authentic questions. Now, if we're faith people, then I believe it causes us to ask authentic questions of God. Here's just a couple of them. Do you love me? <laughs> right? Are you really in control? Right? Will you intervene? Right? How does this all work? Right? A few weeks ago, I woke up with a, with a sore knee. 
No idea how it happened. Maybe I tweaked it the early day before. Maybe I'm just getting old and I wake up with pains. And, and, and I got to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't ask any earth-shattering, deep, authentic questions of God. In my head, I just thought, well, I'll take an Advil or a couple of Advil. I'll, I'll put some ice on it, maybe some heat. And I'll stay off of it a little bit. And, and, and this body will do what it needs to heal it. Now, I've had kidney stones also, and I tell you what, I prayed some pretty authentic prayers while I was going through my bout with kidney stones, right? Now, I do know many people with chronic pain, and some of those people would definitely go on record saying that their pain has caused them to ask the deep, authentic questions of God. And uh, so I'm just going to go with that. I, I don't have to experience chronic pain in my own life, but I, I do pray that people might experience that kind of intimacy with God in the midst of their pain. Right? Their struggle for them, and, and somebody told me this, that one of their, their authentic prayers that they prayed was straight out of the Psalms, and, it, and it's an authentic uh, prayer from Psalm 22, 1. It goes like this. It says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries and my anguish? Right? That is an authentic prayer. That is an emotional prayer. Right? We learned a few weeks ago, or I said a few weeks ago in my interview with Maureen that we shared, um, that, that emotions are confusing to me, right? Um, and, and, and that conversation and several others, some of the stuff that's kind of going on in my life right now, kind of caused me to, to want to learn more about how do I interpret my emotions? How do I understand them? And, and it even caused me to, to order a book. And uh, not only did I order the book, but I'm trying to read the book. So uh, some real growth happening over here in Pastor Evan. Uh, it's kind of a cool book. And I, I, I came across this cool thing and I, I wanted to read it for you. And it goes like this. It says this. Scripture is also full of examples of people expressing emotions to God. We see this most clearly on display in the Psalms where songwriters poured out their emotions from fear to brokenheartedness to delight. These psalms weren't private poems, right? Meant for only personal reflection. They were Israel's hymns sung together as worship. Think about that for a second. Expressing emotion to God is worship. Why? Because expressing emotion to God reflects a willingness to be vulnerable before him. It's an expression of trust and humility. It brings glory to God because when we express our emotions, we're relating to our creator in the way God intended. Wow. Expressing emotion to God is worship. Right? So I want to take this a little bit further. What then or how then do we monitor our interior life. How do we, in the midst of pain and suffering and all of those things, how do we understand our emotions so that we can worship more fully?
Okay, so I've moved out to my truck. And I moved out here because I wanted you to see my dashboard. All right, in a lot of ways, my dashboard gives me all the information that I need about what's happening with my truck, right? Tells me the speed I'm going, tells me if I've forgot my signal light on, tells me my oil pressure, tire pressure, a lot of those different kinds of things. It reveals to me when something's wrong also, right? Kind of like pain, kind of like our emotions tell us what's going on, right? But what it doesn't do, uh, what this dashboard doesn't do is tell me how this truck works. If I want to know how this truck works, I'm going to have to call my buddy Ryan or Ray, or I'm going to have to buy one of those fancy little chips, you know, that, that uh, you plug in and, and reads off the codes and, and tells you what's going on, right? Well, well pain acts as a dashboard. It, it tells us when something is wrong and it, and it encourages, encourages us, hopefully, to investigate further. But it can't reveal to us how we tick, but it can encourage us to reach out to God and to our community in the most authentic of ways. Often, that's through vulnerability and through humility. Asking for help can be really, really hard. My sore knee reminds me that I'm frail, that actually this this body of mine has an expiry date on it and that I need to do what I can to take care of it, right? That I am not an endless resource that can just keep going without needing to heal. That's true of my knee, but it's also true of my heart. It's also true of my soul, right? right? Often, when we think of suffering, and often when we think of suffering, we think of Job, honestly. Job is one of the books of the Bible that, that demonstrates or shows us um, a righteous man, a good man, a faithful man who also experienced a great deal of, of suffering. Right? I want to share with you a little video here in a second describing the outcome of the book of, of Job and Job's suffering. Now, it's not a promise. It is not a promise. And, and to be honest with you, Job doesn't fully answer the big question of why do we suffer, right? But I do think that it is, it's helpful, at least in, to understand a little bit of the authentic struggle with God and with pain. All right? So check this out. Huge accusation about God. After the virtual tour, God asks Job if he would like to micromanage the world for a day according to the strict principle of justice that Job and his friends assume, punishing every evil deed of every person at every moment with precise retribution. The fact is that carrying out justice in a world like ours is extremely complex. It's never black and white like Job and the friends seem to think. Which leads to God's last point. He starts describing these two fantastic creatures, Behemoth and Leviathan, which some people think are poetic depictions of a hippo and a crocodile. But more likely, they refer to well-known creatures from ancient Near Eastern mythology that are used elsewhere in the Bible as symbols of the disorder and danger that exist in God's good world. These creatures, they're not evil. God's actually quite proud of them, but they're not safe either. The point is that God's world is amazing and very good, but it's not perfect or always safe. God's world has order and beauty, 
but it's also wild and sometimes dangerous, just like these two fantastic creatures. And so we come back to the big question of Job's suffering. Why is there suffering in God's world? Whether it's from earthquakes or wild animals or from other humans, God doesn't explain why. What he says is that we live in an extremely complex, amazing world that at this stage, at least, is not designed to prevent suffering. And that's God's response. Job challenged God's justice. God responds that Job doesn't have sufficient knowledge about our universe to make such a claim. Job demanded a full explanation from God. And what God asked Job for is trust in his wisdom and character. And so Job responds with humility and repentance. He apologizes for accusing God and he acknowledges that he's overstepped his bounds. Then all of a sudden the book concludes with a short epilogue. First, God says that the friends were wrong, that their ideas about God's justice were just too simple, not true to the complexity of the world or God's wisdom. And then God says that Job has spoken rightly about him. Now, this is surprising because it can't apply to everything Job said. I mean, we know Job drew hasty and wrong conclusions, but God still approves of Job's wrestling, how Job came honestly before God with all of his emotion and pain and simply wanted to talk to God himself. And God says that's the right way to process through all of this, through the struggle of prayer. The book concludes with Job having his health, his family, his wealth all restored, not as a reward for good behavior, but simply as a generous gift from God. And that's the end of the book. So the book of Job, it doesn't unlock the puzzle of why bad things happen to good people. Rather, it does invite us to trust God's wisdom when we do encounter suffering, rather than try and figure out the reasons for it. When we search for reasons, we tend to either simplify God like the friends, or like Job, accuse God, but based on limited evidence. And so the book is inviting us to honestly bring our pain and our grief to God and to trust that God actually cares and that he knows what he's doing. And that's what the book of Job is all about. All right, I want to wrap this up with a couple of quick thoughts. The first thought is that our suffering reminds us that we are not God. It reminds us that we simply see a dashboard with some information and that oftentimes we need help to understand the complexities of what's going on, whether that's from a doctor, a counselor, a pastor, and even just simple time with God. And even then, the world, our bodies are so complex that we may not understand. That should lead us to a place of humility, a place understanding that God is so much bigger than we are, but calls us to come to him in vulnerability and in trust. Now, I say trust carefully because I think that that's an easy sentence to say and a much harder way to live. And yet it is what God invites us to do, to trust him. With all the things in our life and our story. I'm going to end with a short little prayer here that I've written. And then I'm going to give you the benediction. And it goes like this. May God give us the wisdom and the trust we need to see our pain and suffering as the dashboard to the big story that God is telling. May we grow in our trust that his promises to complete a good work in us. 
May this all lead us to this authentic prayers, these authentic questions, these true emotions that lead us into worship and our capacity to worship in all things. Amen. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace this day. Amen. I'm grateful that you've joined us today. But I also want to encourage you, if you're experiencing pain, in particular, internal pain, to reach out, to connect with somebody from, from our community, to, to connect with one of your pastors, to call a counselor, to do what you need to do to take care of your mental health and mental pain. The same is true of a doctor. If your knee is bothering you, it might be time to see somebody. I hope that you're having a good week and um, that uh, this was helpful and encouraging to you.